Hola, you're listening to In Your Piel or In Your Skin, a skincare podcast highlighting POCS editions, beauty professionals, and everything in between. I'm your host, Claire, and I'm here to help you feel empowered, find services near you, and learn about other POC beauty professionals that are doing big things in the industry. I'm an esthetician, digital marketer, polyglot, and I'm obsessed with all things globalization and skincare. I founded the brand Beauty Traducia, where I share skincare tips in a multilingual context, and I met so many amazing estheticians of color in the process. Finding beauty professionals of color is a common struggle on social media, and for this reason, I'm looking to highlight those that may look like you and can resonate with the struggles of being a POC in industries where inclusivity isn't always top of mind. This is a space where I look to share their story, new product launches, and talk about what we love most in the industry. If you're ready to find beauty professionals that can resonate with your story and maybe learn bits of a foreign language when possible, you are on the right show. Hello and welcome to another wonderful episode of In Your Piel. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to a really interesting esthetician. She has a really interesting story. She lives in a really interesting part of the country. And without further ado, I want to introduce Salma Rodriguez. She, her Instagram is Texas SD. She's based in a border town of Elmendorf, Texas. She owns her own business, just waxing facials. And she has nail technicians as well, so she can take care of you. And she's Mexicana. So I'm really excited to share her story. So you all can get to know her better. If you're in the area, go see her. And welcome. Welcome, Salma. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> awesome. So maybe we can start off with the typical question. I ask this on all my on all my podcasts, but what made you decide to pursue aesthetics? Well, it was really weird because um, I originally didn't want to do aesthetics growing up. I wanted to do uh, something in the medical field. I wanted to do uh, like physical therapy or something like that. And I had um, a really rough time through high school. I ended up getting sick and it was just really bad. So I ended up uh, getting diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and it just uh, sometimes it'll have me bedridden. So the only thing that would make me happy was makeup and and stuff like that. And, and mm-hmm. growing up, I I was raised by a mom and dad that made me take care of my skin a lot. And they wouldn't let me touch it. If I had one pimple, they would be like, don't you touch it. Like, you need to leave it alone. So I was always pretty concerned about my skin. And then um, I would get my nails done a lot. So at some point, the owner of the place I would get my nails done um, told me, hey, have you ever thought about being an esthetician? I had honestly never heard of it before. I had only heard of cosmetology. So mm-hmm. when she told me that, I was like, girl, I don't even know what that is. And I had to look into it. And then I just fell in love. I fell in love with the fact that we literally just relax people for a living. We yeah. were able to <laughs> help them feel confident. And, and that's why I just ended up going along with it. That's so cool. That's so yeah. inspiring. And yeah, I feel like our industry is all just about helping people and helping them Making love what they love what they see in the mirror. So mm-hmm. it's really. And so what's your favorite thing about the industry? My favorite thing, it sounds so cheesy, but my favorite thing is the the empowering part. The, mm-hmm. the part where people, no matter what's going on in their life, no matter, you know, kind of like with my situation, I can be having a really bad flare up, a really bad episode of my condition and being here and 
getting to do something where other people smile when they literally just get off your table it's it's mm -hmm. just that's my favorite that's my favorite part empowering yeah, I others I love passing them the mirror after their treatment. Mm -hmm. they, they oh my gosh, like I know. Rosacea or some flare up and you just calm their skin down. Yes. So it's really fun. So you have your own small business. And I know that that's um, something that hasn't been easy in the past two years with the pandemic going on. A lot of businesses have closed. You made it. Maybe you can talk a bit about like what running your small business was was like during that during the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic is still going on but mm -hmm. it's getting under control luckily and small businesses are beginning to to thrive again so maybe you could talk a bit about what it was like i know you live in a very conservative state some people mm -hmm. are kind of hesitant to kind of let this be over yes <laughs> so yes. maybe you could talk a bit about that um so it, well the thing is is that the salon i actually own right now was the salon that I used to come and get my nails done at whenever I was in high school and when I was sick. So wow. whenever um, that owner, we got kind of close and she told me, hey, if you go to school, we can talk about you working here because she didn't have an esthetician at the time. And in the area I'm at, um, I'm outside of San Antonio, so there's really nothing here. So she was like, we would need an esthetician. And um, I went ahead right after high school. I got into school, graduated as soon as I could, got my license as soon as I could. The thing is, is that when I was in beauty school, that's when the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, I also got in a flare up and I got in this whole mindset where it's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to graduate. And my mom made me do it. And then I started working here because she gave me a really awesome opportunity. I mean, not a lot of people are willing to hire people right out of high school. I mean, right out right. of beauty school, you know? Right, right. So um, she took a chance with me and then I was here. It was really hard to build clientele of my own because nobody knew me. Um, the, the town is so small. And like you said, they're very conservative. So not a lot of people are open to my type of services. You know, they're kind of like, well, if I don't need it, why am I going to get it? Uh -huh. So it was really hard in the beginning. And then eventually um, clientele just went down a lot here. So I took over the lease. I changed the salon into my own name. And it's been hard to gain clientele, especially because of the pandemic. People aren't, they're not really wanting to do things that they don't really have to, you know? Mm -hmm. So getting facials done, getting stuff like that done, not a lot of people are open to it. And it's, it's taken a lot of convincing and talking to get people to kind of trust me a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and take a chance with my salon. So, yeah, I, I started after the pandemic, but it has been hard because I'm a brand new esthetician and then brand new salon owner. So it's, yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I've been asked that a lot of times, like what, what mm -hmm. advice can I give or what can I say about it? But really all I can say is it's a little harder than you think. You have to be your own, your own, uh, advertiser you have to market yourself you have to uh put a really good face and trust yourself too because if you're the type of person that is self-sabotaging and you you don't uh you don't put trust in yourself you're not confident people are not going to come in so i think maybe my confidence me pushing myself to be so confident is yeah. what's made people kind of start coming in uh -huh. these past few weeks we've been it's been pretty booked even if we're not booked we get a lot of walk-ins and I really just think it's that I'm I'm very loud 
And I'm mm-hmm. like, come on, like, you know, why why not get a facial? Why not try oh, it welcoming. out? Yeah. Yeah. So so maybe that's what's helped. That's probably the advice I'd give to other people that are trying to start a business right now or anything like that. Just be confident and don't get down about yourself with other because I mean I I look at other salons and I'm like oh my gosh like they're making it like like nothing you know they're they're already making six seven figures like how do I get there but that's the one thing you shouldn't do don't compare yourself to the other salon owners don't compare yourself to big franchises because that's not gonna help at all and they have help so you can't compare that they have a lot of help yeah When you're a salon, when you're a business owner in general, you have to take care of everything on your own. I I think maybe what helped me was that my parents are uh, company owners, and I, I had to see them get go through everything, you mm-hmm. know, from the ground up. So I think maybe that is where I was like, you know what, if I'm going to go in this, I got to go in it hard, and that's the only way it's going to make it. That's really inspiring. So that's great to know that you have that kind of entrepreneurial mindset just because of your your family culture. And that mm-hmm. actually is a good segue into my next question. So mm-hmm. you live right on the border. You have easy access to amazing Mexican food. I'm very jealous here in upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe you could talk about how your culture shaped your career decisions. Do you go back and I know a lot of people, they go back and forth to Mexico to get lash extensions and get all these different things because it's cheaper there. Yeah. And like if, if I live close to the city where where it was close it was cheaper to, to get that those kinds of amazing treatments then I would do that too <laughs> yeah I I mean that's a really good question because I mean growing up it, so I'm originally from the valley so the valley is literally an hour away from the border um and I got to see my grandma and and all my family go across to um Mexico and get stuff done get girl everything done everything (laughs) and it when I started doing what I do now over here in San Antonio it 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 surprised me that a lot of people were so open to getting stuff done over here because like you said it is so much cheaper on that side like Mm -hmm. you can get extensions over there for ten dollars it's crazy but I think maybe to what people started to realize and what my family helped people realize is that you're paying for a $10 service over there. As mm-hmm. much as they are, you know, a lot of them are good. But over here, we put a lot of, like, effort into our, our skills. We put a lot of, of work in general. We get high-quality products that sometimes in Mexico they don't get. And that's because I've gotten mm-hmm. stuff done over there when I was younger. And I know that it's a very different type of service you know you can get lash extensions over there that'll last you a few days to a week it's why not just get lashes over here that are maybe double the price but they're gonna last you double the amount of time right right, so it it has taken time it's like a 50 50 some people are very open to trying it and other people are still with the kind of mindset of like you know what it's whatever like i'm still gonna get it over there so yeah you know and definitely for the sanitation like i'm i'm going back to columbia and i in a week already and like I always I'm always like studying them and I'm just like I'm trying to keep my mouth shut and being like you should really clean that brush before you mm-hmm. use it kind of thing and like I have all these thoughts in the back of my mind while I'm watching them but I'm just like I have to shut up or they're gonna charge actually, me double there's, there's actually a funny story that with that because so like you said I offer I have my nail technicians that offer pedicures, manicures, stuff like that. So my parents get their stuff done here. My dad was used to always get his pedicures in Mexico, and he was kind of like, well, why not just support me? So he gets it here. My mom gets it here. And 
my mom um, had white on her toes and it had been about a month that she had them. So she hadn't gotten a new pedicure and it was with gel polish. So um, something happened to where my dad had to go to Mexico and my mom went with them. And since they were there, they were like, why not just go ahead and get a pedicure? Right. So they got it. And when when the when the technician was doing my mom's feet, she said, wherever you're going, they're doing it wrong. Right. And I was kind of like, OK. Okay, so then my mom comes over here. Two days later, her polish came off. And I was like, oh, and I wanted to get so upset. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Like, but but it's a very good example with, yeah, maybe here I charge $32 for a, a basic pedicure with gel. Over there, they charge you 10 But your polish came off in two days. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just. Yeah. You have, you have to know, I feel like. In in Latin American countries, like writing reviews isn't as popular as it is here. So you have to just yeah. kind of gamble and go on, mm-hmm. go on like word of mouth or where's a good place kind of yeah. thing. And for me, I'm just like, I don't want to say like I'm their nightmare customer, but because I have like such a heavy background on like sanitation and stuff, I'm very hesitant. Like I will study their Instagram page. <laughs> I will make sure they're using silicone mm. brushes for the mask application because I know they don't have time or they, mm. they might not be washing those those little fiber brushes and yeah i mean i think especially because we're estheticians not that the other fields are not as clean but with estheticians mm-hmm. aesthetics sanitation is like the first thing that we learn like right. you're you're doing laundry you're you're like sanitizing things constantly so i think that's why it's embedded in our brain like that has to be cleaned and yeah. not not speaking bad about over there i mean i love my country but yeah. it is it is more of a like go in and out type of thing. They get the clients, take them out really quickly. As opposed to here, we were taught, you know, you do the full service and you do the cleaning right after and, you know, so. And it, it might be just in the way they're trained because I, mm-hmm. I've taken classes in, in Colombia and they're they're exceptional and they're, they're very thorough. And I, I honestly think that they're better than here. <laughs> but I also know that to be there, it's like you're – they, they have it under an umbrella for everybody's a cosmetologist, even if you're an yes. esthetician. I think that's weird. It because, is. Because, like, it's so weird. different. We don't touch the hair. We don't touch the nails. Yeah. Or we don't hold shears. No, no, no. 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 I'd probably really jack up so. somebody's hair if I got my Anyway, we could have a whole separate podcast episode. And leave us, a comment, leave us a comment below if you want us to go off on, like, the differences and, like, culture and uh, here yeah, and there I'd kind of thing. That. that could be an interesting second episode for this but maybe sp- on the topic of treatments you could tell us um what are some of your more popular treatments that you offer um so even in in when I was in beauty school uh I loved which was weird because when I went in there extractions and stuff like that which is what I, I know a lot of people go into aesthetics you know that's what they want they're like I want to extract people's skin that's mm-hmm. what I didn't want to do believe it or not like it used to gross me out which is a very unpopular opinion it used to gross me out and I'll be like I am not I'm not doing that and then the more that I did it the more I fell in love because it's it's so satisfying you know like getting that so what I actually fell in love with wasn't even the actual facial it was the back facial so I'm pretty Uh sure you're you're familiar with the back treatment where we clean okay Mm -hmm. that was what I love to do it was so weird and um, I was all that's what I would always get in beauty school and it, it ended up happening that that's what I do here so it's my my most popular service with my men 
And with my, you know, brand new moms and and even teenagers, like when they're in high school and they're working out and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that's what they want to get. And it's, I don't know, it's crazy. But at the same time, I think it's, I love it because it's something that not not a lot of people think that they need. You know, exactly because you're you're always looking at your face and then you never see like your back and your back and you'd be like, oh, I have a pimple there. Mm -hmm. So that one and um, eyebrow waxing, of course, eyebrow waxing. Even yesterday, it was all eyebrow waxing that I had. It was all eyebrow waxing, excuse me. That's probably, it's always been my most popular service. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe because everyone wants their brows to look good, you know? Yeah. yeah but yeah. that, that one's my social most media. popular, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, very, very interesting. And so I feel like our industry is a bit, like, misunderstood, especially with all these and not licensed influencers they have mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of followers and i feel like because they think that they know as much as i as we do like yeah. it discredits our industry a little bit and it's frustrating but from your opinion what's something you wish more people knew about our industry and I, what we do i wish people would would understand that when we go to school, we put a lot of time, I mean, at least me, I put mm-hmm. a lot of time and effort into learning what we do and learning the the chemistry of the skin, learning, um, you know, the different acids, all those things that these influencers, don't get me wrong, I love watching influencers. Their videos are great. Yeah. They're so They're cool. Like- but um, I wish maybe influencers themselves would, would, advise their their big following like hey this worked for my skin but since i don't know what is good for your skin you know maybe ask your your local esthetician or look into it a little more because also i mean we're always learning but Mm -hmm. that's maybe the difference between us and them is that this is all we do i mean i go home even now that i'm licensed and i'm watching different webinars and i'm signing up for different classes because i want to make sure that i know as much as i possibly can to help my clients and with influencers it's just not that they're all in it for the money but that it's kind of like it's like like, it's like more marketing right yeah it's more marketing it's more like they get paid to say certain things and i mean I don't know. I I don't want to dog them too much because sometimes some of them do know what they're doing. Some of them do do Mm -hmm. some research. But I feel like maybe if people are really concerned about their skin, they should go and look for their local esthetician or Mm -hmm. look into skin themselves. They're not going to learn as much as we do because not all of our information is out for the public. Mm -hmm. But um, they can get at least a gist of you know, yeah. what ingredients are bad for the skin, why you should wear sunscreen every day, all those things that an influencer might not know. Yeah, I, I would love to see in the future. I'm not I'm not knocking influencers either, but I would love to see us working together. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, we work so hard for our businesses. And like, if they could like do even do a post, like I know, like, I hate mentioning this, but like it, Kim Kardashian, she has the power to like blow up any business just by like tagging them on social media. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if you're, like, a smaller influencer, even if you're big, bigger, you have, like, 500K followers, like, it would mean the world to, like, an esthetician, yeah. like, in your town, if you could just tag them or go visit them or even buy product for, from them. Yes, and, like, that's another thing that I've always wanted to be able to tell people is that a lot of times y'all don't know that these influencers, these big celebrities, they have estheticians that they go to. Uh They go get their facials. Uh They go get, you know, their stuff professionally done. Uh But 
then they have these creams and they're showing you these creams and you're looking at their skin and you're like, oh, their skin looks so good. It's probably that cream. And it's like nine times no. out of 10. No, yeah. they do go to a professional. They go yeah, yeah. and they get their monthly facials. They get their whole body wax a lot of the time. They don't yeah. girl that smooth skin is not a shaver. Yeah. I can tell you that that's waxing. Yeah. Yeah. That's waxing no. or shivering. But yeah, I mean, I wish more people would, would understand that, that not, not, and you also don't have to have perfect skin. Like, mm-hmm. you know, healthy skin does isn't auto-filtered skin. Yeah. Photo-filtered skin, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't like to to talk bad about influencers because, again, they're influencers. Um, but that is something that I wish people would know is that, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff that they do behind the scenes, girl. It's just, you yeah. Know. No, so, I, yeah. I, I saw a meme today that in, the estheticians are the nerds of the beauty world. And yeah. Helping they people, are. so... I hate it. I hate it because sometimes I'll be in the, the, what is it? The beauty aisle or the skincare aisle of places. Uh, and I'm just like listening. And I hate it because I want to turn around and tell them like, no, that's so bad for your skin. Don't grab that. But I can't because they're going to get upset. So I just kind of like. Oh, I, I do it sometimes. If they're like looking at me because they'll see like I'm watching them when they're having their conversation. Yeah. And I'll be like, can I just give you a tip really quick? It's free advice, please. Sometimes I wish I could wear like licensed esthetician on my forehead <laughs> so people would know that it's like I'm not being mean. I swear. Like I'm licensed. I promise. Like, give us yeah. a commission at Walgreens and CVS to stop people from ruining their skin. <laughs> I'm sorry, run that by me one more time. No, I love that idea so much. Oh, oh yeah. Licensed like, esthetician tattooed on my mm-hmm. forehead. Just post it on my <laughs> ask head. Me, ask me anything about skin. Kind of I thing. promise I'm not lying. <laughs> yep. So, Salma, how can we support you? You're so wonderful and bubbly. And I know a lot of people listen to this podcast nationwide. Not everybody's in Texas. So do you offer any kind of virtual support or can we buy products from you after? Obviously, you give us a consultation and tell us what we need. Um, well, a way to support me is just follow my Instagram Um ask for the virtual consultations i it's not i don't want just support with money in general i want i want to just reach out to more people i want to help more people because i know a lot of people are scared you know they don't they don't they don't know where to start with their skin so just give me a follow just just set up a virtual consultation with me they're completely free um and it just that's what makes me that'll support me that makes me happy so Amazing. So I will definitely put that information below. Yeah, and I have, have a TikTok, a Facebook, which we're trying to not be as shy here and try to do some more TikToks, but it's a little scary. Yeah, you gotta do that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was scared to do the show my face on TikTok, but now I like, I don't care. And I'm doing all the like telenovela audios. And, like, oh my God. Skincare, so, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my, my shyness a bit. So I think you can too. I think maybe um, this podcast helped me. With my shyness, I'm a very shy person, and um, showing, sharing my story, especially when it comes to my condition, it's very um, like a touchy subject. It's very scary sometimes because, uh-huh. I mean, when you think about growing in any type of flat platform, you're opening the door for people to give you criticism that you sometimes yeah, don't want. Scary. You know, yeah. so I was scared, but I I feel like this helped me, you know, kind of break that that door down, that wall down too. Get myself I'm glad this is a this is a safe space. I'm not big enough to have really many haters. I have them <laughs> occasionally, but I mostly just ignore the trolls. So um, you're, you're in a safe space. That makes me feel good. 
Okay. Well, that's all for today. Um, please know that new episodes are loading every Friday. And make sure you follow, subscribe, and share this with somebody that loves skincare and loves supporting women of color and beauty. So take care and thank you so much, Salma. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Bye. I hope that this episode was both entertaining and informative for you. Expect new episodes every Friday, so make sure you subscribe and check out my social media pages at Beauty Traducida for daily skincare content. Also, let me know if you or someone you know would like to be featured in a future episode. We would love to hear your story.